Hello and welcome to the Over Under Achievers, the only podcast in the world that talks about sports and gambling. I'm one of your hosts, Knox McCoy. Joining me as always, just minding his business when a raw sewage pipe opens up directly above him. It's Jason Waterfalls. What do you do in that situation? I I definitely get up, right? I definitely leave. <laughs> I definitely remove myself from the situation. I will try to grab my food if it hasn't been contaminated, but I, I leave. But then, like, what do you do after that? Do you just stand there? Do you look for an adult? Do you look for someone to help? The older I get, the more I realize no one's coming to help you. And, like, if you just want to keep enjoying the game, it's not like Daniel Snyder's going to come plug that thing and be like, come up to my box and watch it. You're just kind of screwed. Actually, I think I leave. I think I just go home, and I'm like, not my day today. Not my day today. You know what I do? I sit there, I let it splash on my nachos, and then I eat it, and I just get ready for that lawsuit. <laughs> we're a very litigious country, and I feel like we're a very litigious podcast, and I feel like that tracks with like who we are and what we're trying to do. So, I look, I, I knew a guy one time who at um, uh, Disney World, okay? He actually, you know this person. I'll tell you off here. I'll tell you off here who it is. <laughs> at Disney World, he went to a water park, okay? And then, uh, you, know, you know, you go to this, like you stay in the line, like cattle, you know, and you just like you move your way to the top and then you sit down in your swim trunks and you feel like a child, but you're like a grown man. And then like a 16 year old lifeguard is like, go, go. You know what I mean? Like you do that. This yeah. guy, he sat down at the top of the slide. Right. And then like when he was waiting in between the goes right in the purgatory between the goes, he felt something on his back. He's like, that's weird. Like a wasp or something. And he went and he felt a tail because it was a freaking water moccasin sitting what? on his back. There had been a nest full of water moccasins on top of where the water slide was. And one, one just like casually dropped down and landed on him. And, uh, he didn't sue. Like he didn't own half of Disney world. And I'm like, I'm not a guy who's like looking for a handout or like looking to sue, but if a snake lands on me in, in a water slide, someone's got to pay for that. You know what I mean? Someone's got to pay They for knew that. about the nest, but still that's, that's nature taking over. Right. I mean, sure. There's nature coming out of that pipe, but that pipe is there and is supposed to be supporting a specific reason and staying closed. That's not nature healing. That is nature trying to kill us. And I don't like that. I like nature healing. I don't like them trying to take us out. So. I think I think the pipe breaking is nature healing because they need a new stadium. And that was like the last straw. I will say that I'm not trying to be like a endocrinologist or anything, or I don't even know if that's the right word. That sewage looked good. You know, it wasn't very dark. It looked like people were hydrating. It was, there was that a clarity. Looked, clip that. That sewage looked good. <laughs> the sewage looked very healthy. So good for you, uh, Virginia area people. So I thought that was, I mean, it's too on the nose to be like that was a metaphor for the Washington football team, but it is a bit of a metaphor. So and as always, the Over Achievers is a proud member of the Poppycast Media Group and is a show intending to consider news from the sports world to the prism of overs and unders. Again, we're not experts. We do this for entertainment. We do this for camaraderie. And we always tell people to gamble responsibly. I want to reemphasize that first sentence. Again, we're not experts because <laughs> I felt like this weekend was like, hey, you guys feeling yourselves a little bit, getting a little cocky, getting a little arrogant? Well, we are going to humble you this weekend because that's what I got humbled. In the last seven days on 11 bets, I'm up a, a 1.22 units. Okay. Thank you to DraftKings for having a promo that was Buccaneers plus uh, 74 points last okay. Thursday. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that paid out pretty well and it maxima- maxed out that bet. So that paid pretty well and that's how I'm up with a three, seven and one record on my bets. The weekend before I was very irresponsibly, but I was celebrating, you know, it was like my cheat weekend, you know, but with money and that's okay. This weekend I was a little tired. I was like, hey, just like, maybe just enjoy life a little bit, you know, maybe go see a volleyball game, maybe go hang out, went to the car dealership, had to deal with a car issue. And then just kind of sat down and I didn't have the anxiety of money. I just got to watch games and I got to watch like, honestly, I watched three minutes of the Michigan Washington game and I was like, 
Why are you going to do this? You don't even like this. You don't even want to watch this. Why don't you watch, watch the Lula Rich documentary with your wife? Or why don't you watch literally anything else besides this game? And it was a, it was a stronger uh, choice for me. So I, I felt uh, vindicated in that respect. And I think more than anything, and this isn't even in a, in a gambling context. I think this is in a life context. What I've learned, you know, as now I, I, I look through a different prism as I'm watching sports, right? As someone who may put money down on a game. I have learned game one weekend, uh, or I'm sorry, a weekend number one of games, um, expect the unexpected, you know, because especially the games where you're like, uh, you build up to it and the whole, the, the teams have had the whole off season to hear like how a game is going to go. And then it just doesn't go like that because that bucks Cowboys line, um, I think it got up to like nine and a half, you know? Yep. And I think the, in, in the NFL rare is the matchup. That's really a differential over three, you know? So when you have a line that big, so I think knowing that next year, next year, future Knox is going to be really excited to remember, Hey man, want you chill the big one because everything you think is going to happen is actually not going to happen. I think it'd actually be smarter to expect the unexpected in these uh, week one uh, matches. Are you contending that's just for NFL? Because we came off a really big for us monetarily uh, gambling weekend for college. We didn't over gamble, but we did a we did a good job on our tight gambles. And then I felt like we kept it tight for NFL, but we did much better in college. But we had, I mean, there was still a little bit of chaos there. But we just ended up on the wrong on the right side. And then the NFL, we just ended up on the wrong side. Yeah, I think with college, it's that it's the variance is it's it's true, but the variance is just higher, you know, because yeah. um, I think we anticipated Alabama Miami being a little closer. It was not. It was ridiculous. We expected Notre Dame to destroy FSU. They didn't. And then FSU, you embarrass me. You f- look at me. You embarrass me. You are ridiculous. I took time out of my busy day to jot some notes down about saying sorry to you and this is how you re- this is how you treat me this, this is, is why we don't do? apologize this is why we don't apologize i'm so sick of it i'm never apologizing again you went out there and lost to jacksonville state and then won your lives <laughs> proposing to his girlfriend have some respect for yourself bobby bowden is not even fresh in the grave and this is the stuff you're doing so you need to go sit in the corner that was ridiculous so but you know you have games like um Illinois and Nebraska. So I don't know. I, I think I'm just, I, I, the fun part is like, I feel like expecting unexpected in week one. And now as we're into week two, um, you know, obviously like week three of college, but week two of the NFL, it's um, you've got to manage your overreactions and your underreactions, right? And that'll segue us here into this first over under. So the the first over under we're going to talk about is I want to get a sense of you from uh, week one, or if you want to dip into college, you want to go like week two, um, overreactions or underreactions. What are some of the um, deductions that you're making that you're like, hey man, you need to chill out because that's an overreaction, or maybe maybe we're underreacting on this specific aspect. My first overreaction is the Buffalo Bills. What do we mm. do with them now? Mm-hmm. Are they good? Are they bad? Is Are the Steelers good? So really, it's just that game because the Bills did not look good and the Steelers looked pretty solid. I don't think like championship, but they, sure. they looked... The Steelers' defense looked really good. Yes. Offense looked like trash, right? Yeah, Big Ben no longer throws over nine yards. He's got regardless the uh, of Drew Brees third and uh, treatment. <laughs> good for yeah. him about <laughs> Which is tough when you've got a team predicated on like downfield receivers and downfield threats. But I feel like I will say I I didn't think their defense was going to be as good because I felt like they kind of preyed on bad teams. But they're legit. I didn't. Did you know Melvin Ingram went to the Steelers? I didn't know that. I had yeah, no idea. And, and instead of Bud Dupree, and, and then that's an upgrade somehow. When Melvin Ingram was not this good in San, uh, San Diego for the Chargers, San Diego Los Angeles Chargers, whatever they are, you know it's fine. Jeff Fisher doesn't know either. I you know I I just. I think Bud Dupree 
being on being the name of a defensive end. Um, I think that's a crime because I feel like that's always been a gas station owner who's owned the same gas station in a rural South location for like 60 years. So it is always jarring to hear that. But I, you know, I don't think, I think that's an underreaction because I think Buffalo underperformed. I think they need to run the ball. I think they throw too much. Do you, I mean, if you had to say, really, this is about Josh Allen, do you think this is a year where he extends his lead in terms of being an elite quarterback? Or do you think this is a year where he regresses just a little bit? I don't know now because there's no way that is a good defense, but he did not look good and he did not look like he looked last year. Yep. I liken it to Indiana against Iowa that first uh-huh. game. God, like all this of a sudden, is such Indiana- a Midwestern reference and I love it so much. It's almost <laughs> pornographic and it's Midwestern. Where do you live? Appalachia, baby. <laughs> Appalachia. <laughs> Where the Mountain Dew flows. <laughs> you know, IU looked great last year and then you, you can't just ignore that they looked good and mm-hmm. Buffalo looked incredible last year and you can't ignore that they were looking good and, yeah. and Josh Allen was obviously taking a step forward. And I'm just, this is, this is where I'm saying uh, I'm underreacting to it because I don't want to pivot everything of Josh Allen or the Bills off of one week. But man, I was really low on the Steelers. So now I'm trying to reassess my Steelers takes yep. for future games and then also my Bills takes for future games. And that's where I just kind of decided I'm, I'm still going to bet stuff in weeks one and two. But don't you think for NFL, we really we really need to start in week three? And then, yeah. you, can clip, then you can clip this and bring it back after <laughs> week three's over. And we're like, week 14, now we feel yeah, I, good. I tell you what, if I had seven more weeks, I think... <laughs> No, I, th- I think you're right. And I think the Steelers there, I think I've switched with Steelers and Ravens. I think the Ravens are the 49ers of this year. There's everybody's going to be injured. It's going to be that terrible, weird year. And it's all going to go wrong. I think the Steelers I had, I feel like we talked through this and I just was like, lock of the century. They're going to be terrible. They're going to be under. I don't think that anymore. I think their defense is going to be good enough. And I think their offense will be okay. Um, I would say I think Josh Allen's going to regress a little bit, and I kind of saw this game as almost like a um, bizarro version of the Chiefs-Browns, um, you know, mm. because I think don't come away from the Chiefs-Browns game being like same old Browns or Browns suck. The Browns are good. The Browns are legit yep. good. It's hard to beat. I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but the, it's hard to beat maybe, you know, a generational team like that. Um, so I feel more than anything, I was really impressed with the Browns. Yeah, they need to clean up some things on the back end, but that doesn't make me think the the uh, the Chiefs are unconquerable and the Browns are going to be the same old Browns. I felt like a little a little worse about the Chiefs and a little better about the Browns. So I think I, I feel a little worse about the Bills, a little better about the Steelers, and that's just it's just a good Week One game, you know. So I'm not that, going to. That's a good call. It doesn't change your entire perspective, but it certainly mm. will educate it towards uh, future thoughts, right? But yeah. not not completely just flipping it to the other side. Bake looked so sharp he did there was a couple throws where he I was, was like, incredibly accurate needle. yeah yep yep I thought Kevin Stefanski I continue to be impressed with him I continue to be impressed with that backfield that offensive line I think that defensive line is going to come together I'm just I feel really good about them winning the AFC North and especially after watching them and then watching the Ravens and I don't think I think it's just it's just, like I said it's gonna be one of those terrible years I thought the Ravens are toast even before that game just because of injuries. I don't like how they looked. I don't like how they gelled together. Um, and I think... Um, you you want to talk bank- about the Ravens for a second? I do yeah. have one positive out of that game from Please. the Ravens' side. Lamar looked way more comfortable in the pocket than than we've seen in years past. And he looked very intentional. Um, I did a little bit of research, and, and that certainly was part of his offseason program, was to, no matter what, stay in the pocket. And he was allegedly overdoing it in mm-hmm. practice and so they were like you know you still use that as a weapon but he looked 
if he can get that really under control, I mean, he's not the most accurate passer in the entire league, but he can sure fling the ball. Uh, if he can get that under control, even just 10% more than yeah. right now, it's going to keep defenses so freaking honest. But he actually looked really good in that game, I thought. I mean, I overall, too. From, from a passing perspective. I thought he did too. And I, um, I, it's funny how you just, not you, like anybody, me, really, I'm talking about, I will leave a season and then I'll go into the next season and I'll assume nothing's changed. Everything's kind of the same. Right. Maybe some <laughs> yeah. players have shuffled around and that's the big change. But Especially like in the NFL. That's easier in college to be like, okay, this is going to be a new year. 100%. Right? But in the NFL, you're, you're, you're exactly correct. I just think Lamar's going to be the same guy he's always been. And he. I've always kind of pegged him as great regular season quarterback, but when it gets down to the playoffs, almost like uh, NBA playoff basketball, which, you know, muff him for people who don't like NBA. In the playoffs, it's just different. It's more compressed, right? And in the NFL, it's the same. It's, it's a little more compressed. But even in the regular season, as soon as they start getting books on you, the game plan gets more uh, compressed. So I'm, I'm really proud of him for uh, elongating that game a little bit, for bringing a different dimension. And I hope he does well. And I, I was impressed with what I saw. I do think they've kind of let him down in terms of personnel, receiver-wise, because I don't think it, it really supplements what he's going to do. And I think they're going to have just such an injury injury issue this year. And it's not really going to be Lamar's fault, but I think this will be a good year for him to get some reps in on throwing the ball downfield. So um, I think that's a – Lamar and the Ravens is a good call. I, I also want to talk about um, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles because this was a big loss that I had because I had um, a very extensive uh, parlay. Um, where everybody hit, and I just needed the Eagles. I'm sorry, I just needed the Falcons to beat the Eagles, which I thought was kind of, you know, and, and anytime you're putting up, I'm not trying to get too into the weeds. Anytime you put together a parlay, you one game's got to be the risky one, right? There's one game that you look at and you're like, that's the one who's going to bone me, okay? And and, and this was the one, but I, th- but I felt very confident about it because I thought um, Kyle Pitts, I thought Matt Ryan, I thought Arthur Smith. Um, this, did you know he's the son of the FedEx guy? I'm kidding. Um, but like I thought, I'm good there, right? Because the Eagles are trash and that head coach might be like bananas, right? And then the Eagles looked really good. Jalen Hurts looked really, really good. Yes, he did. And I don't know. I'm kind of sitting here in the middle of like, are the Eagles good or are the Eagles going to be like three and 14? And I'm like, oh man, he just kind of overreacted a little bit. Can I give you a piece of advice and then relate to you on your commentary, please? Mm -hmm. Thank you for your permission. Mm -hmm. Do not bet on the Falcons. We're not doing that this year. We're just not doing that this year. We had a little bit of that last year. We are not doing that this year. We are not doing that this year. That's a great call because I watched three. I literally watched three minutes of that game and it was just like, oh, I've lost. Same team. I lost that bet. Same (laughs) team. It's it's Matt Ryan. It, it's Matt Stafford syndrome, which takes me to my comment yeah. uh, that that relates to yours. My team like that. You you had the Eagles. Mine was the Lions. Okay. I I came very close to putting uh, a few units on San Francisco, plus a lot of points. Yeah. And I did not. Yeah. And I am thankful that I did because the Lions to come back like that on the 49ers, who were humming. Yeah. You know. I just, I don't know. I, I think it's fear about, of Dan Campbell. Just be like, you guys, if we get blown out, do you know what he's going to do to us? He might like <laughs> walk around and just assassinate us. So we got to like stuck up for the assistant coach, like berating a player on the sideline. Like we're, that's what we're here to do, right? Dan Campbell might be like, I will start killing one coach every five minutes if you guys don't get this within uh, single digits. So no, just he, no, that. he's like, I'm going to kill one coach every five minutes and then <laughs> rotate that with one player. And then we'll see where we get to. And you get to decide what, how we do that. I would say about Matt Stafford, I just want to like, I want to make you feel better. Okay, I can, I can tell you're kind of stressing a little bit. You're picking I'm, your head right now. I'm you're literally, like, I just I'm don't know literally what to not. Do. 
you are, you're a little worried and that's okay. Let, let, uh, uncle Knox talk you down. Have you ever, have you ever seen like an adopted dog eat its first meal at its new home? Have you ever seen that? I mean, the, spe- the specificity of that, but uh, yeah, I've, I've seen that. Okay. So, you know, like when you're used to eating food around a lot of other hungry dogs, like there's a spasticness to that eating, right? It's almost like a very visceral primal um, thing. That's what I think Matt Stafford was doing in that first game because he was, I don't know if you saw him, he was like phantom dodging <laughs> Uh, 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 defensive linemen that were not there. And I think that's just him having the PTSD of playing in Detroit, right? Yeah. And I think in two or three weeks where he's like, oh, okay, I'm okay. Thank you, Sean McVay. Like, I'm okay. I'm protected. This is like a max protect and like a like a deep slant downfield or something. I'm okay. You're okay. It's Robin Williams in Google Hunting just holding Matt Damon and being like, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. That's Sean McVay and Max Stafford right now. So I just think like, just, just hold. Hold tight. You're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. I feel like you just said Mac Stafford. I know I did I, too, but I said Matt in my head. I, was I know, like, hey. I know you did. I know you did. But, but like uh, three seconds is, later, I was like, "Did you say Mac?" And I was like, "No, no, you didn't, man. Keep talking. Let's You're do killing that. it. That's his new persona this year, Mac, Mac Stafford? Stafford. Ooh, I like that. Because then we don't have to worry about Matt versus Matthew. It's Mac Stafford. I'm see, loving this is that. how see Hawk Eye went e- to Hawk easy. Guy for me, easy. Yeah. and now people think I'm saying Hot Guy, and I'm like I'm not mad about it because Jeremy Renner's Jeremy Renner, you know what I mean? So I just I'm kind of rolling with all of it. Do, you saw the trailer? What did you think of it? Did you like it? That trailer, that trailer was incredible. That was. was the best. Just the trailer. I don't know if the show is going to be good or not. Stop I'm it. Not, Stop doing I'm that. Not a Jeremy. I'm not a Jeremy Renner fan, but that trailer was the best use of Jeremy Renner. PVO. Positive vibes only. Okay, don't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it 100 though. Okay. Speaking that of abbreviations the... that have worked really well, can we talk about DVDs, douchebag divas, and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers? Uh, and uh, speaking of overreactions, underreactions, I are you overreacting to that? Or are you underreacting to the Packers getting absolutely curb stomped by the Saints? I'm so happy it happened, and <laughs> good for him for everything he did in the off season. Good for him for ripping the front office. That doesn't get done enough because people are so scared about contracts and money. Sure. So I'm, you know, I'm actually proud of him in that regard and all of those different pieces. But man, he got curb stomped Oof. and played like crap. And he at really what point did. are they going to? Is if they keep doing that, the team's going to quit on him, not the coach. Yeah, man. Like it. Uh, and I feel like they have a couple games like that where, and I don't know if he's kind of got front runner status of when it's going bad, he's just like, hey, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to try. I'm the cool guy here. You know, I've got a man bun right now. So I'm like, I'm not going to like overexert because the, the Bucks did that to him last year um, in the regular season. Um, I think this is, it's a, I think it's probably an over, I don't know. I don't even know if I believe this. I think it's an overreaction to the Packers and probably Same. a proper reaction to the Saints. Because don't know. I, I think it's feast or famine with Jameis, like we always say, and it went really well. His, the stat his line's MVP weird. Odds went, yeah, his MVP odds went down. The stat line is weird, but he played well. He, play, he played great, but it was like, you're not going to get, it wasn't like, um, you know, 24 for 29, five touchdowns where like he just played an right. incredible game. It was like 10 for 14 with five touchdowns. What are you talking about? What's happening here? So I don't, I don't know. But what that just shows that Sean Payton can contain Jameis, which is something that we've been really questioning. I think it's, and that's what I think it is. I think it's really about Sean, uh, uh, Sean Payton over Jameis, you know, and if, James is going to play like this. Then Sean Payton, you know, I, I heard a stat. I'm um, listening to the recap of the uh, this weekend uh, football, but Sean Payton is nine and one in games he coaches without Drew Brees, and I think that's really interesting, especially when a lot of those are going to play with Taysom Hill or any other person. I feel like, I feel like you're just attempting to find stuff. Like 50 percent of stats on the internet are made up. I feel like oh, you're just yeah. trying to find stuff stuff to just take shots at Drew Brees. No, I'm not okay. trying to take shots. No, no. Let me let me just prep the listeners. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I, 
listeners, Knox Muffum, listeners, okay. I guarantee a hair joke is coming next. I guarantee it. <laughs> okay, back to you, Knox. Okay, so I just, I, I'm not going to talk about my tweet where I talked about how Drew Brees' hair was the comeback player of the year so far <laughs> because it looked, it looked incredible. It, it did. I'm not trying to shade him. It looked amazing. This is a ball. You always shade people on their hair. No, it's just, it's, why are we doing this? And we're going to talk about I don't know. I don't like, know that. Why do we have to live in a world where Jason Witten doesn't have hair when he plays football and he does when he's on TV and then he plays football and he doesn't have hair? His why bo- can't he his just body, not his have choice, hair? But I got to tell you, I don't care about people's hair status. I care about so many other things. And to your commentary on Drew Brees and Sean Payton, I get that last year was a little bit rough, but any other, any other of those, any other year that those nine and one games are in Sean, Sean Payton would rather Drew Brees be healthy than uh, any other option. No. And, and I didn't mean that to be a, a slight of Drew Brees. Drew Brees is amazing. He's going to be a hall of famer first ballot, all that stuff. What I mean is Sean Payton's a really good coach. And I think when you talk about when a, when a, generational iconic quarterback talent leaves was it him or the coach sean payton has his bona fides of like he's a good coach so i think him uh influencing Jameis, i actually have more confident now that i've seen the proof is in the pudding but i'm gonna call you a liar because if al michaels has two legs when he's calling monday night football and then you see him out in the world in front of god and everybody and he's got a peg leg you wouldn't be like cool nothing to see here i'm not gonna call a file <laughs> i would be like why do you have a peg leg why can't you just always have a peg leg? Why do you have to not but have a peg always, leg when you call Monday Night Football? But he always did, right? Yeah, but it's like on Monday Night Football, though, with Chris Collinsworth, he's got two human legs. But in Allegedly, real life... Allegedly, we don't see his legs. I'm just saying. This is, this is a wild take because we actually don't know his leg status. What, does Al Michaels are have you, two peg legs? Yeah, are you see, alleging that he has only one when I say he might have two? Who knows? What if Al Michaels did have two peg legs? I would respect him more. You know? Can I be, I was, can I be all, honest? All legs he matter. gives off strong peg leg vibes. <laughs> If he just started calling my football with an eye patch and a peg leg, oh, I'd be like, great. This, I love it. Just embrace who you are. Jason Witten, you don't have to have hair. Drew Brees, you don't have to have hair. Like, if, like, it would be like if they just ignored that he had that face birthmark scar, you know? And it's like, who cares? That's just part of his story. That's part of his biological story. Just let him live his life. I don't know. It's just strange to me, and I don't like it. If I told you that Al Michaels' entire basement was p- pirate-themed, uh-huh. would, that, would that surprise you? That wouldn't even surprise me. Like, you know he's got some kind of a fetish or an obsession he, he's got to have some kind of an outlet besides s- slipping in uh, gambling comments for years and, and golfing on the, on the side. He's got to have something. You're not, I'm not wrong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not alleging uh, like something sketchy. I'm just alleging something like very surprising. Your heart's in the right place. I think I know the answer, though. I think in his neighborhood, <laughs> he's, he runs easy. a very high-stakes poker game. You thought okay, I was going to say okay. underground fight club or sex club, <laughs> yeah. and that's not. I, I saw where you thought I was going, but oh, I'm not man. going there. I think he runs a very high stakes, like one that could get ripped off, you know, and one that like IRS would be interested in knowing like who wins what money. But it, you're 100 percent right. He has another a another game night reference when that when that one guy goes down the basement and he was like, "Yes, I knew it." And it was like a rich people's fight club. One of the greatest moments of my life. I feel like I I'm, really think they tricked that actor. That was some of the best acting. That guy was <laughs> legitimately excited down to his core, not just acting. He was it's like, really, "I knew it." It's really, really good. Um, before we move on to the next over-under, I, this isn't NFL, but this is college, and I feel like it behooves us to talk about. Um, overreact or underreact to Ohio State uh, poop in the bed versus Oregon? We were we were a little bit concerned. We went with history and said Ohio State's going to get right in Who's week we? two. Who's we? Who's we? Who is we? Who, who are we All talking about us. here? Were we? Were we? Because I feel like I was the bright, shining knight talking about the Ducks and talking about like how I thought they were going to do great, and then you guys talked me out of it. So You 49% un- were on the Ducks. Okay. I will. Th- th- I agree 49.5. 49.5. 
49.5. Absolutely. Okay. 49.9. Okay. Okay. Great. The Love problem it. is you did agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go back and we can insert the audio right. Yeah. No here. need to talk about the past. No need I'm to scared. do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there was no, there was no confidence that Oregon, that Oregon was going to beat Ohio state at Ohio state yeah. after they only beat Fresno state by seven points. Turns out maybe Fresno is pretty good. Turns out Oregon's the one that turned it on yeah. after week one and Ohio state regressed after they did not look sharp in week one. So, I mean, yeah, I, I get it, but, um, I, I really, I really, really hope that Michigan beats them. Oh, wow. What a, what an anarchist over here and Jason waterfalls. What are we talking well, about? Well, that leads into our second one. So go ahead and introduce our second one because I've got a connection there. Well, let me, just, <laughs> let me just say this. Our, Ohio, I didn't hand up. I didn't have the cojones to bet Oregon. That's on me. Me, me neither. I, I've got to live with that. Okay. Even though I had a strong conviction just because defensively. And I looked into it a little bit and uh, the defensive coordinator for Ohio State is Kerry Coombs. I, or Kerry Coombs, I don't know how you say his name. I swear, swear on my life that he played safety for the Ravens like six years ago. But turns out he didn't because he looks like Polly Walnuts from Sopranos. Um, so I don't know if I, that's like the Shazam theory or whatever, or I don't know what's Kazam. happening there. Shazam. What, yeah, whatever that is. Um, but I know the defense sucks. Ohio State's defense sucks. And I saw um, Kerry Combs. He is a very good recruiter. Um, but he's ne- did you know he's never called plays above the high school level? That's a problem. That's not great. And evidently, I, I further researched and saw that when Ur- so Urban Meyer passes over uh, Kerry Coombs to be the defense coordinator, he hires Alex Grinch, who I think is now at Oklahoma. Um, so Coombs left the program. He goes to the Titans, and then after that, the Buckeyes uh, their ability to bring in defensive recruits suffers. Like they don't bring in one uh, in the top. Uh, 100 of the ESPN 300 in uh, 2019 and 2020. So Yeesh. there's a coaching issue with the Ohio State Buckeyes, and there's also a talent issue with the Ohio State Buckeyes. And that doesn't fix itself. On on defense. On offense, I feel like they played great. I thought C.J. Stroud, I think he could, took a couple strays that he didn't need to take because he looked really good. But their defense— Olave is incredible. Man, like that doesn't fix itself. So your idea of Michigan upsetting them, that's insane— but, but like the 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 possibility of Iowa upsetting them, maybe in the Big Ten title game, that's not insane. That's kind of actually interesting. So we'll transition here um, to our next over under, and this is uh, with the news that broke, I guess, earlier this week that um, USC fired Clay Helton, a coach that I think you said would um, maybe get fired at the end of the year. Um, yes. And I said maybe not because I thought USC was actually pretty good. Turns out I was not correct in that assessment <laughs> <laughs> because he was fired thusly. Um, so the, the, what I wanted to ask you was USC's next head coach, will he have uh, he, him or her, who knows, uh, over or under 0.5 national titles in his pocket? Okay. So first of all, USC killed Andre's awesome multi-team parlay yeah so we we are not fans of usc r.i.p to I that already, man i already was not because of notre dame that's also why i want ohio state to lose to michigan just for the anarchy for ohio state fans mm-hmm. when you say over or under 0. 0.5 national champ national titles is that as a head coach either however you want okay. to interpret that because there's a lo- there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years that luke fickle at cincinnati uh-huh. yeah is going to have a problem on his hands if Jim Harbaugh gets fired from Michigan. That the problem good, meaning that he's going to be approached to be the Michigan head coach. Yes. Yeah. So Luke Fickle, an Ohio State guy, is probably going to get targeted or is already targeted. There's plenty of reports out there. 
uh, possibly becoming the next Michigan head coach or being offered it, right? Sure. I think that if Harbaugh can beat Ohio State this year, he stays. Yes. Right? And then I think Luke Fickle ends up at USC. So if that's the case, I have to take the over because Luke Fickle, I believe, has a... um, a national title as an assistant coach yes with Ohio State. that's correct that's correct okay i really like that because um that would probably be michigan's worst nightmare is uh have jim harbaugh and be like okay we're gonna consciously couple. it's chill everyone's ready for it and then he beats ohio state and they're like oh my gosh what do we do we don't want jim harbaugh anymore but we can't fire him for three years so i think that would be interesting i like luke fickle a lot i think he's a very talented coach i think he is a specifically very talented midwestern coach I don't know that he works at no, USC. No, for the audio, shot number two at the Midwest. So. Not shot. It's just no, a very I'm keeping specific a board sensibility. Now. Nope. Now we have a trend. Okay. No. We have a pat. We have a pattern. We're <laughs> Listen, working towards a trend. It's like you talking keep about this up. You keep this up. I've got plenty of ammo. Imagine for you Kirby Smart going to Oregon and then just being like, "Sir, I can't even understand what you're saying. And why is your hair like that? You know what I mean? <laughs> There's certain coaches that fit certain regions of the United States. Oh, so, and that's Luke a good Fickle. One. I got to laugh at that one. <laughs> I, you know, the, obviously the buzz that uh, people are talking about is uh, James Franklin. Yep. Mario Cristobal uh, from Oregon. Two, two coaches that you've ragged on, on. That's this, true. On this podcast. That's true. Uh, Jeff Fisher has been mentioned. That's um, not happening. Just because he's big in the USC family. Blackjack Del Rio, which sounds like, honestly, I think he'd make a better porn star than a head football coach. Um, I've seen Bob Stoops mentioned. I've seen Matt Campbell. I've seen uh, uh, Chris Peterson. Um, so... I, you know, I think really what this comes down to is um, Urban Meyer and everybody else, you know, and I think this is an awkward position because um, Urban Meyer is currently the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer is also probably pretty self-aware of what happened to Bobby Petrino in Atlanta, what happened to Nick Saban in Miami, and how he can navigate both exits, you know, because, and look, I, this is probably wildly speculative. I don't think Urban Meyer likes NFL football, and I'm taking this largely just from the the, show, the sequence of him in Hard Knocks, when I think Mike McCarthy went to talk to him before a scrimmage. He's like, how's <laughs> yeah. it going, man? And Urban was like, <laughs> No, no, no. He went the other way. He, he definitely had that tone, but he said, it's really nice. It's just football. Yeah, because he remembered recruit. he's on camera. do this. Because he remembered he's on camera, and he's like, <laughs> oh, no, no, it's so good. What are you talking about? You know, it's, no, Mike, it's great. I get to do none of the things that I was good at, like recruiting <laughs> or bossing everyone around. Yeah. And so I, I also take the over because of one name that you named there. This would, okay. be, my, this would be my second one. So Black I like Jack Del Rio? Is that who you're no, talking about? No. No, no natties. I'm still taking the over, so national titles. Who, who on that list do I like? You're never going to guess. That's correct. You guessed it. I, I apologize. Thank you. I'll, I'll First of all, that. he Apology. has a name now. Do you know what his name now is? Robert Stoops? Bob Sexy Stoops. Have you Ooh. seen him? No. Is he going with the with like you, the midlife crisis beard? No. He no? Is, has a clean, tight, small beard, a little <laughs> pepper in there, a little salt. What would you he do lost, if Bob Stoops came back weight? and shaved his head and just had a flavor saver? Oh, I'm like, in. <laughs> I'm in. And he's like, I'm he, Bobby He was now. getting... He was getting a little thick at Oklahoma. I think we can all just admit that. He's okay. lost some weight. He I assume all college so coaches have handsome. to get thick because all you do is recruiting and eating. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of like cardio time. If there. my mom started dating Bob Sexy Stoops, I would be all into it. Wow. I, I my mom's single for the record. Wish, I wish that he would, but I don't think he, I think he's like, hey, I retired. And like I'm not I'm not gonna do this again. We Have you seen about? him on the uh, Big Noon show? He, he I kind of like Ur- him. I kind of yeah, like. Yeah, he took Urban Meyer's seat. Spicy take. I kind of like the the Big Noon Liner Bush show or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called, but it's I like it. 
with all those guys or who's just who's like, the weak spot and and uh, be objective Brady Quinn. yeah Brady it is Quinn. I, I know it's it's a classic but they case love ragging of, on him and he needs to be there from a Notre Dame perspective because otherwise it's like way too California does he need to be there from a Notre Dame perspective like does he, he needs to be there from a someone for Matt and Reggie to fight with perspective have you ever worked with someone? Be, it does not have to be Notre Dame. Have you ever worked with someone who's been like attractive and talented their whole life, and then they get in the professional sphere and they're on the lower? Are you, are you trying to get me to say you? No, no. <laughs> that's <laughs> I wish, but no. I mean, like they get ragged on for the first time, and they're like, "What's happening? Why are you being negative to me? I've never had that before in my life." That's what Brady Quinn looks like. He's like, "Why?" I, why? I do not agree. <laughs> I think that happened when he got drafted, and he came out of that green room completely disheveled. And he's always been like a handsome, put together guy, and he was utterly destroyed by that draft. So I feel like he, he's had that for a while now. If they did Beauty and the Beast two, and Brady Quinn showed up as Gaston's mini me, I would be like, "This is a great movie," and I would like to watch all of. Let's it, just please. cast him as Gaston. He looks just like Gaston, but just like a tinier version. I just want him to be like a mini me version, you know, like You're not so smart. Like he's five so nine. Tall. No, he's not. But like, I want Gaston to be like six seven. You know what I mean? I want him to be like sure. the Mountain from Game of Thrones. Anyways, I what what uh, what do you think the odds are of Urban Meyer? Because I think this, this is bad timing for Urban Meyer. Like he's not going to take it now, but right. I do think we're going to. I think he comes back to college. I think that's that's definitely that's inevitably going to happen and i think urban meyer say what you want about him what he's really good at is picking jobs and positions and programs to align with and i think if he's not going to go to notre dame um which it's been talked about as his dream job i don't think it's quite as his dream job but it's just a really good job i don't think brian kelly's going anywhere i think usc is a perfect fit for him especially at this point in his career so i i think it's going to be urban meyer i think it's going to be it's going to wait until the end of this year but i think it's a done deal I do not, because I don't think that he, I think he's going to, I don't think it's going to go well. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to be one and done in NFL. He's just, he's too prideful for that. Like even when Saban went from the Dolphins and he was like, I do not like this. And then took the Alabama job. There was like a a clear fit there. In my opinion, I don't think there's a clear fit for Urban. See, I think, I think at USC USC. is a perfect fit for Urban. It is, it is picture perfect for him there. He would get the the, the recruits, he'd get the coaches. And I think that's what USC is a recruiting job. That's why I think uh, Chris Peterson or Matt Campbell, they wouldn't work work. there because they're not going to recruit. I think Jeff Fisher, Blackjack Del Rio, they're not going to recruit. I think James Franklin makes sense there. I think, you know, if Urban, if it's just, he's like, hey, it's a year too early. I think James Franklin is a perfect hire there. But, um, you know, I saw, I saw when I was looking uh, some information up, I saw a post on Vol, Vol's Wire, like Tennessee football, like a, like a fan site about how a this. A website you started when you were a huge fan. Go ahead. No, that's, that's, that's not me. It's like how this, how the USC vacancy can affect Josh Heupel. And I was like, well, I got to click that because I have no idea how <laughs> this works. Okay, and now, and now I'm really interested. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. See, well done, Vol's Wire. But it was like, so. Lincoln Riley is a candidate for USC. He's not, but it says he is. So they're like, if he goes to that's LA, the, that's the move. By the way, see, I think if Lincoln Riley goes anywhere, he's going to go to the NFL. He's like, why would I do this again to be in college? I've got a perfect setup here. I think that's his next move. It would be yeah, great for USC, but I don't think he's going to do that. But it's like if Lincoln Riley goes to USC, then Josh Heupel to Norman to Oklahoma University. That's what makes sense. And this is this is what I realized. This is why I love college sports because there's this malleability of reality that doesn't exist in the NFL game. Like in life and in pro sports, there's this concreteness, you know, with like what's going to happen. But with college sports, Tennessee fans can talk themselves into John Gruden, 
for like eight years. Or Indiana fans can talk themselves into Brad Stevens. No offense. Or, or like Oklahoma, uh, like Tennessee fans can be like, you know what? We might get rid of Josh Heupel and then someone cool might come along. You know Even why though, Peyton didn't take the Monday Night Football thing? <laughs> it's because he's going to coach here in three years. He's going to be the AD and the acting coach. It's going to be amazing. And it's like Oklahoma would probably hire like like Jeffrey Dahmer before they hired Josh Heupel, you know, but I like that it gives Tennessee fans some kind of finesse on reality about what could happen. So I'm just a big fan, just a big fan of all this. So I look forward to admire uh, having like the number two recruiting class next year. Okay. So then we're both on the over there, both on the over. Okay. Last over under, and this is a fun one. I scale one to 10. How much did you enjoy the money? The Manning brothers, Monday night football takeover. I'm going to set the number at seven. Was it over or under seven? Over. Nine and a half. Whoa, nine and a half. That's a big number. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. And the beginning was very, like, bit and football-centric. I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. But once it settled, you know, once it got through that, like, first, like, pilot episode, I was like, oh, this is actually incredible because I like the brother vibes. I like that they're not in the same place. I like that they're former quarterbacks. I know, weirdly, right? I I didn't think that would work. Do you remember in uh, The Big Short where um, Margot Robbie breaks in, right? She's in a hot tub and she breaks in to explain like subprime mortgages, you know? Yeah. You, it, it instantly in a weird way gives her, the movie and her and the story credibility because she explains it. That's what this whole thing felt like was you thought at any moment Peyton Manning could be like, I'm gonna tell you the, the whole Wikipedia on the cover two and, and you're gonna trust that. Not only because I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but you know I know what I'm talking about because I'm freaking Peyton Manning. And well, I think that's something you don't always get with these broadcasts. Well, and you got that exact moment. I mean, I didn't think of the Margot Robbie hot tub cut in, mm-hmm. but th- you got that exact moment, in my opinion, when they started breaking down that third third downs are frauds. Yeah. <laughs> and that, like, you and then being like, there's no such at, thing as halftime adjustments. I was like, what are you yeah, talking you about? You have to figure out everything on first and second down because third down is just, you, you're just setting up to punt. That's incredible. It, the whole experience was incredible. I, in, more than anything, even if, because I think if you're going to like kind of uh, zone out and just watch some football, don't watch this. But if right. you're going for kind of like, I'm not super interested in the Raiders and Ravens, but I kind of want something else to be interesting to me. This is the perfect thing for you, for, for me because watching Peyton not be able to hide his criticism and frustration with Derek Carr was one of the greatest things I've ever seen on TV because he was... <laughs> He was just so upset with what he was seeing. Peyton was and, not a fan. And look, Tony Rum was never going to do that. And Tony Dungy's never going to do that. Like anybody calling games, they're not going to do that for fear of reprisal or for like not having the content brought to them. But Peyton and Eli don't have to have that. And even more, I, I like it when you, you know they're not holding back from the offici- officiating. I just like a real raw kind of footage of your opinion of a game. And, you know, the whole thing of like just two guys watching football at a bar. That's always that's been the holy grail of like what if that's the experience that we'd all love. This was the first thing that ever got close to that for me. And two I'm so football guys, two expert yeah. football guys watching football at a bar. That's look and and it had Eli making fun of Peyton's big forehead. Yep. It had Russell Wilson being actually pretty good um, as like a content provider on this. I'm just I was Charles fascinated came in. Like Ray this. Lewis came in. Oh man, it was uh, and just like the anecdotes and I know it felt like Peyton had maybe 600 anecdotes in the chamber ready to share, but I appreciate that kind of uh, preparedness. So positive um, vibes only. I I only had one critique though. Okay. I just need a little bit more from Eli. I don't need him to be Peyton 
Sure. But it was weird watching Peyton's frenetic energy. Yeah. And then just Eli just never moved. He had good one-liners. He had yeah. he had good shots. He had good things he was adding. He was asking Peyton some questions like, hey, would you have also have done this year? Or, you know, so this commentary was good. But it yeah. was weird that he didn't move at all. It, he had big ventriloquist dummy energy. And I just yeah. need him to improve that. And the stuff that he was bit. saying was good. Yes. I just needed him to be a little bit more physically animated. Yeah, Peyton was about what I... Th- I mean, like, everything w- exceeded my expectations, but he was um, mannerisms-why and, like, histrionics-why, exactly what I expected. Eli was less than I expected. He just really didn't do much. So I would just make him, like, have a like a fidget spinner and, like, have something physically to do in the telecast. So um, I'm, like, a 9.456 repeating, so I'm right there with you. Big enjoyment. That's going to be a part of my Monday night experience uh, going forward, so... Um, okay, now let's transition to better um, in theory. Um, we usually welcome in Andre Three Sex, but Andre Three, three Sex is not with us today. He's on a well-deserved vacation, um, so uh, we're going to be doing this solo. But I have his uh, Never Fear. I've got his cameo close to the pink guess um, that we will talk about here in a second. Um, first game we want to talk about is well. Hold uh, on, just, yeah, uh, I got to do my impression every okay. time he's not here. So yeah, just in, in, go ahead and introduce him in. All right, so uh, fake Andre Three Sex in the building. Andre, how we doing, man? Gentlemen, how we doing? <laughs> I think it's a credit to Andre when I do my impression because it, yeah. it's my, it's also my impression of Matthew McConaughey. Okay, okay. Have all you ever right, noticed their cadences right, right. are very similar? It's uh, just with the Georgian inflection. You know what I mean? Just like I it love it. with Georgia stuff. I'm, I like I it. I miss it. That's that's one of my favorite parts of every episode is when he says gentlemen. So let me try it. Like, gentlemen, how we doing? Uh, <laughs> you sound like a president. No. <laughs> Georgia's 2-0, Stetson Bailey stepping in clutch, JT's oblique, not good. Two quarterbacks, though. That's all right. Okay, Let's yeah, you're, com- you're coming off as a as like a H. Bush or something. I know. I trailed. It's like you, you just you follow a path, and like maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. But Andre, know. you've earned a week off. We miss you. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Okay, so first game, Alabama uh, and Florida are tangling. Um, this has, uh, I think I saw the line at uh, uh, Bama giving 15 points. Yes. How you feeling about that? I don't know. I definitely think Alabama's going to win, and yeah. I don't know why I wouldn't take Alabama minus fifteen. Dan Mullen has been in discussion that allegedly he re- his people reached out to USC to get that conversation going. Which Dan Mullen is an interesting fit there. I feel like he might. I don't know that I'm, he's a great recruiter, but he's. I'm good. out on that for the same reasons that you were talking about, like uh, <laughs> Kirby Smart going to Oregon. Okay, fair, it's very fair. I d- yeah, I don't see Dan Mullen working at USC. Uh, he doesn't but, have a West Coast sensibility. He has a no. Northeastern sensibility. You know what I mean? Uh, he's got a Florida sensibility, and we can just <laughs> leave that there. But um, Dan Mullen at Florida, I think, works. I don't know that he needs to go to USC. That said, minus 15 is just feeling weird to me, but I think that that's because two weeks ago I had Ohio State minus 14 instead of minus 13 and a half. So I will more than likely be looking to get this Alabama minus um, 13 and a half, and then I will sure. feel very comfort- comfortable with it but the truth is i just trust this alabama team so much more than i trust the florida team but it's at florida which is always weird and now with capacity crowds um is this the first time that bryce young gets tested that's my only hesitation but i'm probably more than likely still liking alabama minus 15 i'm just not locked in on it yet i think i like florida in the points a little bit just because i think there's a little different uh, uh, tone between ACC defenses and SEC defenses, you know? Yep. Um, I think 
Florida's going to be able to not, I think offensively they might struggle a little bit to match point for point, but I think they're just going to be able to hold up on the lines a little bit in skill position players in a way that, again, is that, and Bryce Young's been in the fire before, so it's not like this is going to be a new experience, but he's going to be able to recognize some things happening. That Has he been be, in the fire before? I mean, he's gotten into some games and he's played Miami and whatever happened last week, you know, but in terms of a real deal, as it's not like a guy starting for the first time, but it's not like Mac Jones starting for the 12th time, so um, I like this to be a little closer than we think. Um, maybe like a ten point game. You know, not. I quite don't a like. I don't like Florida plus the points, but I do fully understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. and I think it's very logical. When they played last December, um, Alabama won fifty two to forty six. So definitely okay. different teams, different quarterbacks for both sure. teams. But uh, Florida was number seven at the time, and Alabama won uh, fifty two to forty six. Yeah, so I just I don't know. I think this would this will probably be a stay away. Um, but if I had to, I'd take Florida uh, in the points. Uh, Penn State uh, and Auburn will be tangling in a very interesting early season matchup of teams that probably won't matter long term in like the national title picture or even maybe in like the the really cool bowl game picture. But I'm really excited to watch this matchup. How are you feeling about it? Give me Penn State. Give me minus six. I I, I do not like this Auburn team. I uh-huh. don't know why anybody would. I understand that they've, you know, they beat Arkansas. They beat, um, what was it, Alabama State or something like that uh, last week. So they're, they seem to be tuned up 60 to 10 and 62 to 0 in the last couple weeks. But I just think that the Penn State team is better. I watched what they did to Wisconsin. You're telling me that Auburn is that much better on offense than Wisconsin? Well, we'll find out this week. But I, I'm, I'm voting no. So I like, I like Penn State minus 6. I I really like Auburn, and I know Auburn is my Falcons. You know where Don't I'm do just this. like Don't whatever do you this. do, it's going to be the Auburn opposite. is your Falcons. This is a problem. No, I'm saying like whatever I bet or whatever I guess, they're going to do the opposite. You know what I mean? No, we're not doing that this year. We've already I'm talked just, about accountability. We've talked about we're not doing that this year. I know, even though I'm not going to bet, bet what you on, like, bet what I, you believe in. But even though I'm not going to bet on the Falcons, I have a sense in my heart of what's going to happen, and the opposite is going to happen. So I'm going to be like. Man, I apologize to Bo Nix, blah, blah, blah. And then he's going to go three for 64 and throw like three picks. And I'm going to be like, God dang it, Bo Nix, you <laughs> did it to me again. I do like how he's been trending a little bit. And I do like how I feel like the offense suits him a little bit better. Um, six is a lot of points, you know? Yeah. And I think Auburn, they're decently talented. I don't I don't know. I, I hesitate to even uh, cast uh, kind of uh, an observation of them until they really get in the nitty-gritty of SEC play. But um, I don't know. It's a combination of really being put off by that Wisconsin Penn state game and also really not ever trusting Auburn. And I think six is a lot of points. So I would probably take Auburn in the points. Um, if I, if yeah, I, had and to, I misspoke I Auburn's beat Akron and Alabama state. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Not Arkansas. That would be so, much more so, impressive win, especially with those uh, metrics. Yes. So they've, uh, not played anybody yet. No, I think Penn State's going to be a little faster than they think. So um, I think that could keep it close. But I think this this was like a field goal game to me, you know? So I don't know. We're, we're gonna, okay. I'm really interested to see that game. Uh, let's go to the NFL. Uh, we're going to talk about Kansas City uh, and Baltimore. Talk about a tough back-to-back. You have Monday Night Football with the Raiders in a weird, wily game. And then you turn around and you got to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, On Sunday the line, night. I, Yeah, I, and I've seen the line at three and a half, uh, the Chiefs. Yep. Um, uh, giving three and a half points uh, to the Ravens. Um, how are you feeling about that? I I don't know what to do with the Chiefs. I know we've got I've got an overs bet on twelve and a half wins. I thought yeah. that was an absolute lock. 
Yeah. I got to tell you, their last a ton of games has been way closer than you might think for the Chiefs. Yeah. They, it's, it's, it's almost weird. like Warriors at the end of their run where it's like, yeah, they're winning, but it's like, why aren't they winning better than they're winning? You know? And I think that the throw Mahomes had to, I guess it was Tyree Kill yep. when it was turning bad against the Browns. And Mahomes just kind of flung his arm. And honestly, I thought I was going to get picked because I watched the ball yep, fly through the air. came back for it, yeah. And it was like, what has he done here? This is such a near response. Oh, touchdown. Oh, my gosh. Game's over. You know, like the game has turned. And I think they can just do that whenever they want. And I think Baltimore, um, they're going to be so limited in the run game. Um, and I think anytime a, a team gets one-dimensional like that, and I think they're already a little one-dimensional in the past, I think Kansas City, as good as the Baltimore defense can play, I think they're just going to find a way to uh, to beat the Ravens and uh, I think be able to cover the spread. So I feel pretty confident in that. Um, last uh, last NFL game, uh, we got the Cowboys and the Chargers, a game I'm, I think I'm more interested on paper than I am to actually watch this game, but I'm really interested to see is Dallas as good as I thought they were? Um, or are the Chargers um, uh, better than I'm – or uh, not as good as I'm giving them credit for? Because I was really impressed with Dak. I wasn't impressed with Dallas' defense. I thought Dak could kind of score on anybody right now. I, I didn't think he'd be this good coming back. Um, when you're looking at that line, minus three, uh, Dallas getting three, um, uh, how are you feeling about it? Well, Dallas played – Dallas' defense played pretty good in the second half of that game when, when, that, when that Dallas comeback kind of started. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, clearly the gas pedal is not being pushed. So it's a little bit garbage timey, um, chargers. What do we do with them? 20 to 16 against uh Washington football team. I don't know. Herbert didn't look too sharp until. See, you know, I thought Herbert looked pretty good. Settled. I thought his, everybody around him didn't hold serve with him. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. I thought, I thought he was okay, but that is, that's a. I wanted more of a splash coaching wise. I wanted more of a splash with the roster, with the defense. I didn't quite get it, but I do think Washington is pretty good too. So that might mitigate it a little bit. Can I open up to you about something? Please. I don't know what to do with Dak. There's no part of me that dislikes him. Correct. I agree. But there's no part of me that just loves him. Correct. I agree. Yeah, he's like a Campbell's Soup commercial in real life. Where I'm like, I don't eat soup, but this is fine, but I don't care. So what do I do with this? I know, it's so weird because I think that it's just, maybe he's just really good at football and not good at some of the, the other stuff that we get drawn to off the field. Or, you know, See, I thought like the, he was not good at, not as good at football as we thought he was. But watching him the other, and I don't think the Bucks defense played as, as well as they could. Um, but he was sharp. He was very, very good. So I admit, yes. it, if you haven't already locked in your Dak Prescott comeback player of the year bets, I don't know yeah. that you can anymore and still get positive odds. But um, I was really, really impressed. And that's just a great story, too, for what he's been through. I'm. This is a stay away for me, to be honest. I, I think that this is going to be a, you know, uh, both teams might come out of this when we go, we still don't know anything else. Yeah. Because this might be two similar teams, one in the NFC, one of the one in the AFC, and, and they might just butt heads, and then at the end of it, we just go shrug. Yeah, I it's it's weird when it's two teams who circle do weird things in games like this. So I'm like, one of you has to be the not weird team, and one of you has to win. I think I'm going to go. I think because I think I, in, in matchups like this, I, I tend to go to urgency. And I think the Chargers will uh, not have as much urgency because, like, the the Cowboys, they lost that game one week. This would be 0-2. They can't go 0-2. I know that's a dumb metric, but I think they're going to have a little bit more sense of urgency. um, And they'll hopefully be able to corral Justin Herbert a little bit. So I'm going to go Dallas. I think I would bet uh, with the points, too. I think think they'll be able to cover that spread. So um, it'll be interesting to see, and we'll keep track of that. 
All right, let's transition here to Cameo Close to the Pin. Um, I'm really excited about this one because this is a throwback. This is a classic. Um, I've already got my – so because Andre's not here, I texted him individually. I've got his answer. I wrote mine down um, before I texted Andre. So all honor code, this is all above board. Um, the selection here this week um, is the uh, notorious Dirty Bird himself, Jamal Anderson, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, formerly the running back, formerly the perpetuator of that Dirty Bird dance, um, Jason – how do you feel? Do you have any like connections to uh, Jamal Anderson? Uh, no, I mean not specifically. I loved that dance. I loved mm-hmm. his his vibe and his energy. Was was that uh, Chris Chandler, the quarterback at that I time? I believe so. I believe so. Chris with not an H, with just a R I S, which I always thought was a wild choice. Yeah, a very uh, blue collar Chris. Uh, okay, let me think about this. What number was he? Thirty two, maybe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so I, yeah, all the pressure's on me because the 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 two the, the guesses two are in. The guesses are in. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with 100. You're gonna go with 100 uh, American U.S. dollars. Um, well, okay. I didn't specify that. You did, but okay. Let's see, what, let's see where it goes. The livra. You've gone with 100 livras. Um, so I, I don't know what that translates to, but I bet you're gonna be close. Um, so Andre's guess is 50 American dollars. Okay. Um, I have guessed. Uh, it's funny that you said the number because uh, I also uh, checked out his number and he was 32. So I, I thought 32 is too low. So right. I went, I doubled it. I went 64. That was okay. my guess. Okay. And I kind of worried someone's going to come in at 65 or 70. Um, I so 75. That was my, that was my gut. That was, see, that was my gut too. But I thought it is Jamal Anderson and I don't really know what you're doing or you're up to. Um, so let me scroll down. Jamal Anderson is $60. He is a $60 man that you can get right now. Um, yeah, this is so I, weird. You've won two weeks in a row after really being slaughtered. Wow, crazy. Oh, wow. I'm the sorry. Only, the only person that goes on the site. This is, oh my gosh. This is the cries of a man who is feeling his lead withering down into nothing. So, um, I, you know what? Hurt people hurt people, and I just take that and I accept it. I'm not, I'm not bothered by that. This is just how you're mourning. You're the Jose Canseco of this podcast. You know what? I, There's going to be a book later where you're going to rip us and you're going to be like, it's, it's their fault I was cheating and all this stuff. Yeah. You know what? Accountability. That's what we're doing this year. When VH1 Behind the Podcast returns, uh, how <laughs> pop, Knox started cheating. Pop-ups. <laughs> no, honestly, you know what it is? I've started thinking more critically and more strategically. Whereas before, I just went for like the art of the price. I had to start thinking, what are, what are they going to do? And what would make sense for this player? Like, why would they choose the price that they choose? So, and you know, what, you know you which one broke me? Hmm. It was the John Bastow, uh I was going to say Billy Blanks. Is that right? I think when so. We, yeah, we did a combo there. I feel like that really sent you in a tailspin. Yeah, I was completely opposite on both those guys. And yeah. it's just been, it, it's the, the logic has broken my head now. So Do you remember no, when the Ravens no one else to blame Steelers? But no, it was like the Steelers and the Jaguars would play. And like after that, it was so physical that both teams would always lose the next week just because yeah. that's like John Baystow for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> so you're still trying to like lick your wounds a little bit. So uh, uh, as long okay. as Andre doesn't win, I'm actually okay for a couple more weeks. Um, all right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Overunderachievers. Guys, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening. Again, um, if you want to help the show, the best thing you can do, if you want to leave a review and if I star rating, that's awesome. But even more than that, if you want to tell people that you think might enjoy this, uh, tell us about, tell them about the show, the Overunderachievers, wherever you listen to podcasts. That would be amazing. As always, I'm Knox. He's Andre on vacation. He's Jason. We'll see you next time.